Welcome to the family with Tevin Pittman, Alex Brampernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt, and Andy Brampernard. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant well, it's another year. What's new for 2023 at Walzer? Well, we're going back in time in a way. You bought a DeLorean franchise. Not exactly. Uh. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels, and used car prices are returning to normal. So what's a 1995 Camry worth? Deep sympathy. Uh. Mike, have you considered something newer? Well, I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was? No. It's major medical coverage for your car, and it's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer. I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program. Of course, people really like that because it means you can't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold 45,000 cars last year, and we took back less than 100. Amazing upfront pricing, a free 150,000-mile warranty, a return and exchange policy. It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to walzer.com. Can I add something? No. That's some, that's some radio right there. That's some podcasting we got cooking right there. There's no doubt about it. I like my, my whale. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Um, oh, um, Bill is on StreamYard right now. Oh, he is? Yeah, he has wonderful. joined us, we in have, fact. We can have him for 15 minutes. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. That'll work. <clears throat> and if he's got more to talk about, we can have him on after uh, the other guests, too. That'll be great. So Bill's ready to go now? I believe so. Bill, how are you? I'm doing fine. Can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear you beautifully. How about you? You got? Uh, you hear us <clears throat> just fine? Yeah, yeah. Bill Glahn is an adjunct uh, policy fellow with Center of the American Experiment. Prior to joining the center, he served as a uh, research consultant for the Minnesota House of Representatives, supporting energy, economic development, housing, and budget committees. He served as a deputy commissioner of commerce in Governor Pawlenty's administration. He worked as a management consultant for 17 years following a stint working for the Federal Reserve System. So, Bill, basically... You've got uh, you've got a sheet. You know what you're talking about. So that that's a good start, don't you think, Bill? I would hope. I would hope. <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, Bill, you must be a very busy man these days. I, I just what I, what I've decided to do, Bill, is this this huge divide between the left and the right and all the rest of it. I am going to laugh about it because I can't let it drive me nuts. I just can't, Bill. It's, it's just every day it gets worse and worse. And I don't know. Got to do something about it, but. I can't get upset about it anymore, Bill. I just got to, I would like them to tell the truth. Is that too much to ask, you think? Apparently it is. But you got to have a sense of humor about it. Otherwise, you're not going to make you it. You do. 
No, you're 100% right about that. Now, what is going on? What's going on in Minnesota? Well, I mean, the problem we got. Start. What did he have? The, the, the governor had, what, $17.9 billion, and instead of giving some back to the taxpayers, he's going to spend every dime of it? What? Well, he, there's some, it's, it's not exactly clear. They're spending all the surplus, but they count tax cuts as spending. It's a weird way of doing the accounting. Oh. So it's not yeah. clear how much of this will end up as tax. You know, looking at the numbers of the 17, 18 billion, maybe 3 billion will be tax cuts, something like that. But they're also doing these tax credits where it's not a tax cut or a refund of money you paid, but you get money through the tax code, even if you didn't pay into it. So it's a, it's a big game of hide the ball. Why do we keep doing this to our people? Uh, Bill, I'm having such a tough time. Uh, you and, and a big part of it uh, is kind of on my end of the business, although I'm not in television. But if you listen to national radio, you watch uh, Fox or CNN, you watch any of those channels, MSNBC, and keep doing down the list, they all, all they do is lie. And I think the reason they lie, Bill, is they know they can make a lot more money because all these people want to tune in. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's my deal right there. It drove me away from the news, Bill. I couldn't stand to watch the news anymore because none of it is true anymore. I mean, I'm talking about on a national basis. Yeah, well, the economics of the business have pushed in that direction. Yep. The only way to make money is to pander to your audience, and your audience keeps getting narrower and narrower. So there just isn't apparently a way to make money in media if you're catering to the broad swath in the middle. Maybe you guys are doing it. But uh, if you're trying to reach your, the average voter, the median voter, you know, that doesn't work. So you end up with the MSNBCs of the world, the Fox News of the world, catering to a very small slice of the audience. And then yes. the, uh, the big group in the middle just is not served. And are they ever going to be? Because it seems like from the time I was a little child that the people on the edges get served and the people in the middle do all the work. Right, right. That's generally how these things go. But you would think there would be a big profit opportunity if you were just people need information. People need to know what's going on to live their lives and make decisions, whether to buy a house or, or you know, pay for college or whatever they're trying to do. So they need to be they need to stay informed what's going on with the stock market, what's going on with taxes. So you would think there would be a, a market opportunity for somebody to step in there. But, you know, it's hard to see uh, that on the horizon. Well, isn't part of the problem when somebody tries to go against the grain in politics or in the media, they get attacked because <laughs> they don't seem right, to want right. people in the middle. Yeah, and that, there's a huge amount of that in the, certainly in the media, the conformity of it. You know, everybody who went to journalism school in the last 10 years is of a certain stripe. And, and there's a lot of uh, the t knocking down the tall poppies or, you know, just trying to keep everybody in line. More important than... And it's interesting to see this with the Twitter files. You have some people who are doing this who I don't think of as right-wing people. They kind of lean left, but they got their hands on all this data that uh, Elon Musk gave them from the Twitter files. Mm -hmm. And they're right. just reporting the facts as they find them and the vicious attacks you know, that, they're, that they're finally uncovering the truth. And that's apparently the worst thing you can do in media. Oh, yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. You know, before we move on, Bill, I'd like to point out, my back still hurts from carrying Palenti for eight years. That's all I have to say. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Mm. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, Tim, uh, he and that whole family, what a wonderful family they are. Very, very nice people. I, I'm, I just wanted to talk about a, a little bit about, um, I found you very fascinating on Twitter because you were the only person for a very long time that I know of that was covering the Feeding Our Future scandal. And I kind of think that if you hadn't have stayed on that so hard, I don't think anybody would have gotten arrested or and I don't think the scam would have stopped because well, we were completely ignoring it in Minnesota, 100 yeah. percent ignoring it. Uh, I'll give I'll give huge amounts of credit to Andy Luger, the U.S. attorney for Minnesota, Good. who Good. I, I said a lot of critical things about it when he got reappointed because I didn't think he was up to the job, but he seems to have been up to the job. So he has really been pursuing this and maybe not as fast as some of us would like, but just a great point illustrating uh, what you were saying before about we had what should be the biggest story in the state for the last five years, 10 years, this, this, the largest COVID related fraud in the United States, you know, uh, the unemployment insurance and the PPP loans, bigger dollar amounts, but in terms of a single group of people stealing money, there's never, never been anything like this anywhere between a a quarter billion and a half billion dollars of uh, taxpayer money has vanished. I thought it was a big story. I had never heard about any of this stuff until those FBI raids happened a little over a year ago. And I was reading these stories because I thought this was a fascinating story. And it kind of came and went after two or three days. It was like, wait, wait a minute. What happened to that story about the quarter billion dollars missing? Why, Why is nobody covering that? And so I started digging into it myself and story after story after story. Just you just keep digging and another layer appears and you dig and another layer appears. And it, it's up to, I think, a half a billion dollars. There are hundreds of people involved, some of them prominent in politics. And you just wonder, really? you know, the media is so concerned with, well, what's on the headline today? What's the news today that they missed a huge opportunity to do lots of good work? I think there were Pulitzer Prizes available to somebody who really dug into this stuff and, uh, and uncovered what was all there in public documents to see. Well, yeah, I mean, what I don't understand is so the feds, the, how did the feds find out about it when the state was so, <laughs> wasn't there something in Sauk Rapids or something where they were feeding more children per day than there is pop, in population or something like that? I mean, it was just so Pelican blatantly, it was, Pelican it was just, they, they claimed oh, to be Rapids. feeding 2,560 children when there were only 2,500 <laughs> people in in Pelican Rapids. And the most bizarre part of that is the address where this was supposed to be happening doesn't exist. This person oh, perhaps never has been to Pelican Rapids and just made up an address and produced a fake lease for some space and claimed to be feeding children out of this space that doesn't exist. And nobody from the state ever followed up on it or ever did their due diligence. And then that's the backstory here. So there were a bunch of lawsuits. These are a very litigious group. They will sue you at the drop of a hat. So they were suing the state of Minnesota because the state of Minnesota was trying to do some due diligence, trying to make sure that this was all legitimate and on the up and up. And they were in the middle of a lawsuit and they were being outlawed and they were not winning the lawsuit and they got super frustrated And about March of 2021, they called the FBI and said, you guys should take a look at this. These people are stealing money from this federally funded program. And that's how the FBI got onto it, because the Department of Education 
got frustrated losing in court and couldn't take care of it themselves. And so they, they called the FBI. A question I have, how do you lose in court where they stole the money? How could yeah, you math pos- is math, <laughs> right? right? Well, again, you know, it's, uh, and I don't even blame the lawyers uh, because lawyers only know what their clients tell them. Right. So the lawyers went into court telling a story that they had gotten from their clients about how, and at this peak, we talked about Pelican Rapids, they were feeding more people than there are in people in Pelican Rapids. Mm-hmm. At its height, these uh, nonprofits claim to be feeding on a daily basis more children than exist in Minnesota. But uh, <clears throat> earlier on, when they were just getting ramped up, the, uh, their applications were being denied, their sites were being rejected, they took them to court, and they were maintaining that this was all racism on the part of state government, that the government was being unfair, that there were hungry children not being fed, hundreds of thousands per day not being fed because the states uh, was being unfair and racist. And so, you know, the judges only have to rule on what's in front of them. And they're, on the one hand, being told children aren't being fed. And the other hand, they have these rules, these federal rules and state rules about how quickly an application has to be processed and what, what the rules were. And the rules were largely non-existent. They'd been all waived for COVID. And so the judge went to the state and said, look, you know, the rules say you got to say yes or no to these applications within so many days. And they're just not getting an answer. The judge would have allowed them to answer no, but uh, they weren't answering at all. And so that's how they got in trouble. Just hmm. amazing. Is there anybody left in, in America when they bring somebody or somebody's just been voted in, they bring them all together? Did they ever mention maybe they should serve the people? Uh, did they even bring that up anymore? I don't know. You know, I, I guess I'm old and uh, <laughs> I grew up okay. in a world where we were taught the Constitution and the Bill of Rights yeah. and all that stuff. And we believed it. You know, we thought it was all in the up and up. So that uh, the idea... And I, I get in the fights with people on Twitter about this, that, uh, well, we won the election, so we get to do whatever we want. Well, that's not no. how it's supposed to work. No. The idea of being elected is you are there to represent us, that, uh, you know, whether you're a, a representative, a senator, a governor, a congressperson, that you're there to represent X number of people and that you should reflect the views of those people as best you can. Instead of, hey, I, I prevailed by 321 votes, so therefore I get to be ruler of Minnesota for the next two years. <laughs> they really you know, think I, that. I don't think that's how that's <clears throat> supposed to work, at least not that in, uh, in 11th grade government class. Uh, that's not how I remember it. Can we ever get some people together? Should there be a board set up? Then we'd have to keep an eye on them as well, I suppose. But this cannot continue to go on. And all it's all about, to me, to tell you the truth, uh, and maybe you guys in, the, in Studio A can agree with this or not, people are so terrified of being called a racist now, even if they're not. People know that if I call you a racist, boy, I got I got a leg up on you like there's no tomorrow because there's so much fear involved with that word. Mm-hmm. They take all the little buzzwords and they throw them at you because everybody's terrified of it. Well, unless you have a history of racism, you're not a racist, so calm down. Well, I mean, it didn't. you didn't need to be a witch to be burned at the stake, but uh, nope. they did it anyway. You're right. 
Uh, Bill, a lot of these words have... are just losing their impact, you know. If, uh, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. recommend it, but if you follow my Twitter mentions, you know, I get called that 10 times a day. It's just a <laughs> word that means I don't agree with what you're saying. Same thing with fascist. You're a fascist. Well, what does that yeah. mean? That means I don't agree with you. It means uh, I have a different set of opinions than you do. It's uh, back to the education system. People don't learn. I saw somebody on Twitter uh, saying this, that the only thing that people learn about, the only two historic figures that people learn about in school anymore is Hitler and Martin Luther King. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. If that's all, if that's your entire body of knowledge of the, you know, all the historic figures over the millennia that you only hear about those two, then everything gets uh, boiled down to racism and fascism. So if people had a broader education and knew there's more than two people in the world, there's more than two viewpoints in the world, you know, uh, but I think these words, when they're just overused, they just lose their meaning, but they'll come up with new insults too. So, well, well, I mean, it's a great way to make money, isn't it? If you throw those words out there, you can make a lot of money because people will support you uh, because they're terrified. You keep it up. Oh, man, you call me that. I tell you what, why don't I just give you a big campaign donation and then don't call me that. It's all about making money, isn't it? Well, that's the feeding our future formula. When they got in trouble with the Department of Education, they went to court and were uh, hired some really good lawyers and were prevailing at court. But they also organized protests at the Department of Education headquarters building where they had dozens of people with signs saying you're racist and then they had um, politicians that they called into duty the mayor of minneapolis city council people state senators who would call up uh, the department of education saying you know i have hungry i have hungry kids in my district why aren't you letting them be be fed why are you cutting the money off so the political pressure works it does. Bill, we have to stay in touch with you because uh, I'd like to talk to you about many. You have many, many things that I want to talk to you about. If you've, you've got some time, do you mind if we reach out? Uh, sure. No, no problem. Appreciate your time. Bill Glan. It's G-L-A-H-N. How can people find you on uh, on social media? Because it sounds like you have a ball on social media. I do. It's uh, My Twitter handle is at Bill Glan. And uh, if you want to read my stuff, I write for the Center of the American Experiment. Thank you, Bill. Please come back soon, all right? Will do. Thanks. Bill Glon, ladies and gentlemen. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabanco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my fellow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Yeah, I, I, this whole thing, you can steal as much money as you want, but if somebody brings up sexism or racism or, you know, uh, well, anti see, this or anti that, that's I know, all and, and see, that's the problem, is if you're, if you're going to hide under, if you're going to do 
terrible things. And you're going to steal. You're actually stealing money from the mouths of children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the while you're telling everybody else you're making it difficult for us to feed the children because you're racist. It makes it, – it backfires, in, in my opinion, because if you're the one stealing the money and you're calling everybody else names, then there's going to be blowback on your race – yeah, unfortunately, it's true. I mean, it really is. You you just can't have it both ways. And it's really unfortunate that certain groups of people feel like they're entitled to steal money. No, I know. And I, it's, hey, I've been damaged. I've been a victim, so I get to steal as much money as I want. It, it's well, just insane. It's just sad. I mean, well, that's so, so many kids didn't get fed because... Because of this. If you I mean, want not- to have it both ways, then why not try the win-win wealth strategy? <laughs> With Tom Wheelwright, you mean? Tom Wheelwright. <laughs> is that what you're saying? I do like win-win. Yes. Is Tom, is Tom ready to go? Yes. I, I, I'm here. Tom, I, I'm sick to death of you now. I just talked to you about three hours ago. Now I'm going to talk to you again. <laughs> you're a great guest, Fair Tom, enough. by the way. You are. You're a tre- uh, tremendous you. guest. You got a hell of a sense of humor, and I appreciate that. Except for the fact that I talked to Tom Wheelwright this morning on the morning show, and I had a great time. And I was laughing all the rest of it until I asked Tom Wheelwright, "Do you think the economy might collapse?" He said, "Yeah, probably." Oh, then good. after that, I didn't care much for you, Tom. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what? It, it, whether it collapses or not, it isn't because I say so. So. Oh, okay. Never mind. One way or the other. <laughs> oh, Tom. The win-win wealth strategy, uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Is it true, by the way, Tom, that I believe seven of the eight people on the board at uh, Silicon Valley Bank took bonuses and then tanked the place? Is that true? Uh, I'm sure they did. I, I don't think they take the place on purpose, honestly. I, I, I think they were doing what the Fed told them to do, what the oh. Fed said was allowed to do, what, what they thought was – uh, the way to make the most money for the bank, I, I think, I, I honestly, I don't, I, I haven't seen anything that suggests, it's not like they were doing like these collateral, collateralized mortgage obligations that they were doing back in 2008, right? Or or even what put Credit Suisse under, which was, you know, these, um, their own bonds, you know, the bank bonds, they were, they were investing in treasuries. You know, you go, well, investing in treasuries, that should be safe, right? But but the problem is is that the Fed, you know, when they jack up the rates that fast, uh, those bonds aren't worth that much. And so, you know, all of a sudden, they're only they're only insolvent because there was a run on the bank. If there hadn't been a run on the bank, they'd, they'd probably still be in business. They'd still probably just fine. So what caused the run on the bank? Uh, you know, some people got spooked. Actually, some people started looking at their... You know, they're actually balance sheet. They have too many, too much money in bonds. Yeah. Uh, but so, so you know, some people, some smart people that had money in the banks and that had big voices started looking at uh, at at the bank's balance sheet, which you know we always want to look at financial statements for any company we're invested in in any way. And if you're a creditor of a bank, meaning you're a depositor, you're an investor in that bank. I mean, let's face it, you've loaned money to the bank as a depositor. Yes. Right. And they started looking at it. They said, "Wait a minute! This this bank, the, the the Fed didn't require them to write those notes, those bonds down, even though they lost value." They said, "Well, we're going to hold them to maturity." Well, yeah, you're going to hold them to maturity unless you have a run on the bank. 
And so they actually, it was actually a self-fulfilling prophecy. So they, they, these people who were worried about the balance sheet caused the problem with the balance sheet because then they start telling all the friends, oh, you need to put your money out because uh, these guys have too much in bonds. The bonds are going down in value. If they had to sell them, they'd be in trouble. And because they did that, they had to sell the bonds, and now they were actually in trouble. So it, it, was, it was pretty much the, the people who were afraid of it, um, in, in a way, caused the problem. Now, Tom, is it true that seven of the eight people on the board at Silicon Valley Bank knew nothing about banking? They were just kind of hedge fund people in a way? Oh, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know that much uh, about those people. But, um, you know, I, I got to tell you, I, I mean, come on, Barney Frank was on the, on, on the, the, the board of Signature. Well, I mean, really? Yeah. You think he knows something about banking? Yeah. I, 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 I seriously doubt it. So, uh, I mean, I don't have a lot of faith in these people. You know, a lot of, a lot of PhDs running around out there and people who don't really know what they're doing. All right. Now, Tom, this time around, uh, and again, I talked to Tom Wheelwright this morning on the morning show. I had a great conversation. But this time around, my family's here. My wife, our son, our daughter, a very close uh right member of the family. So do you want to depress them the way you depress me by saying, yeah, we're going to tank? <laughs> I've been saying that for like three years, so. <laughs> I know, but three years. Yeah, you, you know, um, you know the, the, the problem, of course, when you have a currency that's not backed by anything except the, you know, taxpayers, basically. I mean, mm-hmm. we're the backing, right? Taxpayers yep. are the backing. And you keep, and you and you have these people in government who think that you can just print money without repercussions. And so you have like these big free money giveaways. You know, I think, I think the, the first COVID bill, the CARES Act was really needed. I think it was really important. But then when you get into December of 2020 and then March of 2021, do, do you really need $4 trillion more going into the economy? And the, the, the answer is probably, in hindsight, a resounding no. Um, right. I, I thought it was pretty obvious at the time. I, didn't, I, I thought, this is crazy to keep putting all this money into the economy. It's going to catch up with us. But, you know, the Fed didn't believe it. So finally you get to 2022 and the Fed goes, well, geez, maybe, maybe we ought to do something about this. Gee, you think? Maybe a, a year and a half too late. So um, that's, I mean, basically it was you know, you you just got the fox uh, running the hen house. That's really what you've got. That's yeah, there's no question about it. I, I just I look back at all those things and go, well, first of all, they're using our money to buy our votes. So I don't, right. that's the part of it. I just hate they they take our money and spend right. it, right. and then we're supposed to vote for them. It's disgusting. Yeah, I always like well, when they and, have. And, and, and it, oh, go and ahead. It's not like it matters what party it is, right? I mean, it was no. Republicans no. in December, it was Democrats in March, but yep. it, it doesn't really matter that you know they're all doing the same thing. We don't we don't have a watchdog anymore. You know, the Republicans used to be the watchdog over the fist. We don't have yep. that going on right now so it's a it's you know it's a problem it's going to perpetuate no doubt andy you had a point yeah i was going to say that i like it when they have a surplus and they decide to give it back some of it of course Mm -hmm. and everyone acts like it's this um act of charity it's like what (laughs) happened was they took ten thousand dollars from you and are giving you five thousand dollars back you're still five thousand dollars down so it's not right. like you're, yeah, people act like, oh, well, uh, 
this stimulus check. Yeah. I'm I'm up. No, you're still down. I, you're just less down. I, I I always say say rule number one is it's your money, not the government's. That's mm-hmm. rule number one, mm-hmm. and, and you can't forget that. This is it, it's not that the the government's not entitled to all your money. That's not the way it works in this country. The, hmm, the, seems the like government is. <laughs> is entitled to take what the law says they're entitled to take, but it's your money. It's actually technically a volunteer tax system. We know it's not really, but it's it's technically a volunteer tax system, meaning you you voluntarily you you file your tax return. They don't come to your house and and and, and you know hold a gun to your head and say, "Give me the money," right? They, they instead they threat they threaten an audit. That's the gun that they hold. But the, you know it really is your money, and and so anything that they give to you is really just a return of your money. But in this case, it was actually they came up with new money. They just printed it, and that was a, that's the problem. That's that's what caused the inflation. Too much money, uh, chasing too few goods. That's the definition of inflation. It's just unbelievable. So um, Tom depressed me this morning already. Once, so I'm going to see if he'll do it again. Um, what should you do if you, let's say you've got some investments in real estate and maybe some small businesses, or you got some money in the bank, you're trying to save a little money. Can you protect those assets with what we're going to go through in the next couple of years? Yeah, you can. I mean, uh, I I think, uh, Robert Kiyosaki talks a lot about cash flow. Right. And like, if you have real estate that has positive cash flow, you don't really have to worry about, and, and you've got long-term debt on it, you don't have to worry about that real estate going up and down in value. So what? I mean, yeah, it's going to go down in value. You're probably going right. to hold, have to hold on to it longer. Um, but as long as it's cash flowing positive, you can still pay your mortgage. you still got money coming in the door. And that's the same with a business. You know, as long as you're a, you're a business that's going to um, be recession somewhat recession-proof, you're still going to have customers. Remember, even in the Great Depression, um, uh, 80% of the people were working, right? So right. 20% right. unemployment rate, not an 80% unemployment rate. And so, uh, and a lot of, uh, actually more millionaires were made during the Depression than any other time in history. So, you know, it really is an opportunity. I mean, I know I have a lot of friends who made a lot of money in 2010, 11, 12, I mean, mm-hmm. this is the bottom. You make money at the bottom. You don't make money at the top. You make money at the bottom. So there are going to be some opportunities, for sure, coming up. I think it's one. So should I use the win-win wealth strategy? Is that what I should do? Well, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> and I wrote a whole book about this. So yes, you I, did. I'm a little partial to it. But, I, you know, I think, <laughs> you, you know, the reality is, okay, so if you look at the seven investments I talked about, five of them, are just putting money into hard assets, business, technology, real estate, energy, um, agriculture. These are hard assets. These are assets that don't tend to fluctuate nearly as much in the marketplace as, say, a derivative. That's called stock market, right? Those are derivatives. They're not Mm -hmm. actual assets. They're derivative of an asset. I mean, a stock is just representation of an asset. It's not an asset itself. And so the, the problem is is that you don't have control over a derivative. Your only control is buying and selling it, but you don't have control over the value. Whereas, you know, if you invest in the actual asset itself, whether it's your own business or whether it's real estate, whatever, you have control over what you do with that asset. You can improve the real estate. Right. You can uh, change the rents on the real estate. You can go get new customers. You can market. You can promote. You can get on a podcast and talk about your real estate. I mean, whatever it is, 
you've got opportunities to do something that you can't do that with stocks and you can't do that with derivatives. And, that, and that's why I, I, I like those real assets. And on top of that, the government's saying, look, we'll give you an incentive. We'll give you a tax break if you put your money there. So I'm going, look, I can get a tax break for putting money into a safer asset that I have more control over. Why wouldn't I do that? Right. That makes total sense. Now, um, one thing I got to point out, uh, my wife Catherine is here, Tom, and I have to tell her. Well, I, I already told Tom we'll write this this morning, but now I have to tell Catherine because she wasn't here when I, when I said this to you, Tom. Um, I'm going to lift the line from the descriptor of Tom Wheelwright that was sent to me. I'm stealing the words, Tom is a visionary. I'm stealing those and taking them for my own. <laughs> I told Tom that this morning already. What do you think, Catherine? I think it's so true. So true in so many ways. <laughs> you think so? That's awesome. So, Tom, Tom, this is good news for people. In other words, what you're saying, I guess, with a little bit of street talk here is, if you get off your ass and work, you're going to make it through whatever yeah. happens. No, exactly. That... Uh, you know, uh, I, so I, I learned a lesson. So uh, years and years ago, I was uh, hired as the in-house tax advisor for a Fortune 1000 company. And I had a department of 10 people. And my very first job was to fire five of them. I had to come. Yeah. It was a reduction in force. My very first job was to, to fire five of them. And it, it just hit me at the time. It goes, being an employee is the riskiest business you can be in because you only have one customer. You have one customer. Yeah. And going having one customer, that's really risky. A bank will not lend to you normally if you have one customer unless you're an employee for whatever reason. And, and, and they won't lend very much to an employee, frankly. Um, you know, you, they, they're, they're very restrictive in, in their lending practices to employees in, re, in the retail space. And so I looked at them going, well, wait a minute. And that's actually when I decided to start my own uh, CPA firm. I'm going, if I had 500 customers and one of them fired me, uh, okay, so I go get another customer. But I sell 499 customers, whereas if, I, if I'm, an, I'm an employee and I get fired – I got to go find an, uh, uh, an entire no, another customer, and I don't have any money coming in. So I, I think business is actually a lot less risky than being an employee, and, and that's just my experience. And now I've been in business thirty years, and it's—I'll uh, tell you what—I've I've, never—I've never gone hungry since I've been well, uh, had my own business. Don't we have a little bit of a an issue in America though with this whole? And I'm not belittling it. The whole work-life balance. Because when you own your own company, there is no work-life balance. <laughs> right. right. You're working all the time. There, there's a work-work there's a balance. That's what it yeah. is. So yeah. And, and I think you most... Do, you I, do that I think most, you do that work? Yeah, yeah there is. I, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I, I think this idea that I, 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 can, <clears throat> I don't have to work that hard and I st can still get by. I mean, the reality is, you know, um, you can have a lifestyle business. You have a business where, I mean, I have one of my businesses, I work um, less than 10 hours a week in that business, and, and I, I do quite well in it. So you can have a lifestyle business, right? I mean, you can work yourself to death. I mean, I have another business where I, I like that, like I'm on podcasts and so forth, and I spend a lot of time at it, but um, that's my choice. So uh, you, you can't actually create the lifestyle business. It takes a little while. It takes some thought. It takes people. It takes, you know... Um, it takes some work to get there, but you can get there. I mean, I, I do have one of those businesses. I, I mean, I'm a CPA. I'm in uh, Palm Springs, California this week, um, enjoying 
Palm Springs and in, and speaking at a conference, and I have 12 people at home that are uh, working hard getting tax returns done, and uh, I and I and I appreciate them and I love them for it. They're they're doing great, um, and they're working, and I'm not, you know, and I'm here, and I, so you can't do it, um, but you're right. Um, it, it does it does take some real intention um, to. Uh, do a business and do it successfully. See, I think that's one. So basically, if you're, you're, let's say you own a hardware store, or you own a sandwich shop, you own a bike shop, something like that, as long as you show up for work and do your job, you're probably not going to go under during a recession. Is that correct? Oh, I, uh, totally. Totally. Yeah, I, always, I always remind people that I, I, I may be the last one to get paid, but I'm also the last one to get fired. <laughs> that's, that is true. I, I think that's instead because what we're going to hear on the news, Tom, if it does head down the road, you and I talked about this morning, the national news is going to tell us all you're screwed, you're done, you're history because yeah. you voted for this guy, you voted for that guy. This is your fault. It's going to be a horrible message. But if you just show up for work, do your job, take care of your customers, you're going to be fine, Correct. Oh, yeah. So I learned a long time ago that uh, to be in the top 10% uh, in your job or your profession, is you just have to do what you're supposed to do. That, that, that will put you in the top 10% because uh, 90% of the people are, you know, they're trying to do the, uh, the least amount possible. They're not, you know, they're not uh, fully engaged in what they're doing. If you're fully engaged, I think you're going to be fine. See, I think that's just wonderful news. Tom, honestly, I, I had a really great time talking to you this morning when I came in uh, for the, the family show in the afternoon. Like, right there. I, basically, I've talked about this many, many times, Tom. How lucky am I? I get to work with my wife, my son, uh, my yeah. daughter, our, of course, our son and our daughter. Uh, we're working with a family friend. I mean, I have a wonderful life going here, and I do work very hard. I work a couple different jobs, a few different things, you know here and there on the rest of it but it's a joy for me to get up in the morning and go to work and it's a joy to get home at night because the family's all in this together and if we work together we'll do fine i love that i i, I do too i grew up in a family business um my dad was uh and his brother uh started a printing company we all worked uh in the printing company my mother was the controller for the printing company that's how i first got my first bookkeeping job was working for my mother and um, my, my sons both work in my business. So uh, I, I love the family business. It is a, it is a great lifestyle. There's no question. I've, I've gotten a, a text message saying to ask Tom Wheelwright about, uh, because as part of your book, we're talking about the win-win wealth strategy, um, what to do to get ahead for 2024 with new incentives, deductions, et cetera. What should people do for 20, to get ahead for 2024? <laughs> things I talk about, so I always talk about the base of all great tax benefits is having a business. So you really have to start with that fundamentals. You really do have to be in business. That is rule number two. Rule number one is your money. Rule number two is you need a business. And then you can build on that. So let's say, for example, you have a business and then you uh, buy real estate for your business right? Or you buy real estate as your business, and then you put solar panels on your real estate. So now you've got, you've got tax benefits from three different categories. You've got the business tax benefits, you have real estate tax benefits, and you have the new solar tax benefits. And, you know, you start adding those up, and they're lots lots of money. I mean, I just put $100,000 of solar 
on my uh, the roof of my uh, my office building, and uh, and the government paid for two thirds of the cost of doing that. I'm going. That's that's a pretty sweet deal. It actually, I, we estimate my uh, estimated return on investments about 22 percent because I only have to put in a third of the money. The government put in two thirds of the money. Government saying, yeah, we want you to do solar. So here you go. Here are the tax benefits. Just do what the government wants you to do, and you're good. See, that's very, very smart. You're going to learn all these things if you pick up a copy of the Win-Win Wealth Strategy by Tom Wheelwright. Tom, as I told you this morning, you're never getting rid of me now. I'm going to be bugging you to come on all the time. I love it. That's you're great. a good man. You know what? It's a, it's, it's a pleasure to talk to. I love entrepreneurs. I, I, I When I started my first uh, CPA firm, I decided I just want to serve entrepreneurs. I want to figure out how do I serve entrepreneurs better? How do I create? Uh, we, we we have a network of 65 CPA firms now across the country that do that do that actually follow what I'm teaching, and the whole goal is just serve more and more entrepreneurs because I, I think what you're doing your family business I, I congratulate you I, I think that that is uh, that's the future you know if you look at right now uh, the people who are laying off are the big businesses and the small businesses are hiring and I, I think that's going to be uh, that that'll be that'll continue as as long as we keep the politicians out of our small business. Do you think there's ever going to be a way, and I know you got to get going here, Tom, but is there ever a way we can convince the people, the politicians out there, the people in office, to get out of bed in the morning and go do your job and serve the people? Can we ever <laughs> get back to that? I don't know. You know, you know George McGovern, who, who, who uh, was part of the Watergate area, right? He was yep, the one that yep. uh, Richard Nixon was running against. He later started a, a small business, and he was very big on regulations when he was in government. He, and he actually has a, a, a very a, a great quote where he says that had he had any idea how hard it was to start a small business and how hard it was to follow all these regulations, he would have been had a completely different attitude when he was um, in Congress and mm-hmm. and. and you know, working the government. I'm just going. First of all, I'd like to see, uh, con- you know, Congress and, and the Senate. I'd like to see them prepare their own tax return. I'd like to see them not get uh, full pension benefits after five years. I'd Thank like you. to see them be on our medical plan, not their medical plan. Right. Uh, right. You know, it, 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 if if they were just like got normal human being benefits. I think they would act a lot differently. You know, they, they talk about all these things, and they don't have to participate in them. So it, it's a, there's a big disconnect there. There's no doubt about it. I just You made me feel a lot better about this. This morning, it started out, we had a couple of good laughs. There's no doubt about that. You come on the afternoon show with the family. And seriously, Tom, you gotta, you got to stay on task. And part of your task is to appear on radio, television, podcast, and all the rest of it. Yep. Because you leave people feeling much better. Because I think even though they won't admit it, people are very scared right now. Oh, I, I think you're right. I, and it is a scary time. I mean, it is. You see the stock market go up and down and up and down. Mm-hmm. You know, most people, their entire uh, retirement is based on a 401k. I mean, we were, were we were traveling yesterday, my wife and I, and we stopped in at a McDonald's, and this guy was probably 75 or 80, and he was serving hamburgers. And I'm going, I wonder what that story is, right? He was yeah. probably relying on the stock market for his retirement. Stock market crashed 2008 had to go back to work, 
and uh, he's, he's never been able to recover. And, and I, I think that's the problem when you rely on other people. And that's why I think entrepreneurship is so great, because you can rely on yourself, and then you've got a lot more control over your life. Now, are you going to go on a book tour? Do you think now that, that COVID's calmed down a little bit, are you going to go head on the road and uh, do a book tour? I, I, I might. You know what? I would love to. I, I, I love meeting people. I, I was uh, My wife and I were it was really great. great. Um, we were sitting at dinner last night outside and, and uh, here in Palm <laughs> Springs where we're visiting. And this guy comes up to me and he says, so are you, are you Tom Wheeler? And I said, yeah. And he says, well, I'm reading your book and I just love it. I hand it out to everybody. I'm going, okay, well, that's, you know, it's worth it, right? When, when you're making, right. when you can see the impact and people are actually being impacted by it, you know, that's why you do it. Uh, you know, rich people, they have advisors to do all this for them. They don't, they don't have to, you know, they don't really have to go out and read the books and everything, but... Um, the average person doesn't get this information in a simple format, and so that's pretty much my mission in life is to make it simple, um, really make taxes fun, easy, and understandable. I figure if I can do that, then we all win. No doubt. Now, our, our friend Tevin and our son Andy and our daughter Alex are very upset because they're up in Minnesota, and you've mentioned Palm Springs twice now. <laughs> It is beautiful. It's a beautiful day today too, because it rained all yesterday. But it is beautiful right now. That's about it's absolutely gorgeous. It's gonna We're be. It's gonna it. be nice today. <laughs> Tom, we'll talk soon. Thank you, sir. All right. Anytime. Thanks. Have a Bye-bye. great day, Tom Wheelwright, ladies and gentlemen. The book's called "The Win-Win Wealth Strategy." Well, it's another year. What's new for 2023 at Walzer? Well, we're going back in time in a way. You bought a DeLorean franchise. Not exactly. Uh. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels, and used car prices are returning to normal. So what's a 1995 Camry worth? Deep sympathy. Uh. Mike, have you considered something newer? Well, I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was? No. It's major medical coverage for your car, and it's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer. I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program. Of course, people really like that because it means you can't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold 45,000 cars last year, and we took back less than 100. Amazing upfront pricing, a free 150,000-mile warranty, a return and exchange policy. It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to walzer.com. Can I add something? No. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there, in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant
See, that made me feel so much better talking to Tom this morning and talking to him again. This and I'm glad, by the way, that he was booked on the second show as well, because people need to understand that if you put your money in, a, in the stock market and it tanks, you've got problems, you put your money here, all, all the rest of it. But if you are an entrepreneur and you're willing to get off your ass and if you have to work a little harder during a recession or a depression or whatever it is, entrepreneurs are going to make it through this. And that was what America was built on, was entrepreneurship. So let's get back to that and get away from these hedge fund people. Yeah, well, I mean, look at what's happening. The tech industry is losing lots oh, of hundreds jobs. Hundreds of thousands, yeah. G- um, oh, sorry, Mom. What? Oh, go ahead. GM just announced that they're giving a voluntary severance package to any salaried employee because they're trying to save $2 billion. (laughs) Okay, what's interesting to me, though, is as... Okay, so all of these mandates that are coming out of, like, California and Minnesota, right? All of these. Well, a couple of them. And probably New York. Um, With the EV cars. And mm-hmm. almost every manufacturer has an EV car now, right? And there's like three or four yeah, companies so. that are just EV car companies that don't have anything to do with Ford, Chrysler, GM, all those. Um, so how is the car industry actually suffering? They should be ramping up to meet demand. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like depending on which manufacturer you're talking about, like most car companies shouldn't be doing that bad yeah like the hardest issue now is like because there's supply chain issues so there's not enough supply to meet with the demand but as far as like going to electric most car companies are already starting that process and trying to keep up with like the teslas and other electric all electric vehicles in the market yeah i mean uh, but that's the thing i mean Tesla is so smart because they just lowered prices on a model. And that under $400 a month yeah. car payment mm-hmm. is a key area where people want to be. You know, not everybody wants a $700, $800, $1,000 car payment. Um, they, um, so that price point lowering is really smart. And I don't know. There's a few that I think they think there's a Spark or a Volt or some sort of car. Both. Um, that are cheap, but they're not nice to drive like a Tesla is. So I, I, you know, that, I guess maybe that's part of it is they just maybe can't keep up because, you know, Tesla, Tesla can put out a lot of cars compared to everybody else right now for EV. No, I don't think there's any question. Do you see what Elon Musk is doing now to, um, um, broadcast outlets? Broadcast outlets. No. If he, what's that? I did not. If he gets a text message or, or a, a posting on Twitter, uh, and a either a politician or somebody involved in uh, in big business, what, but mostly politicians, if he gets questions, he responds, and every time he responds, he puts up a poop emoji with it. <laughs> He is a weird guy. He is a very weird very guy. Very weird guy, but I do think he's smart. Oh yeah. And I think he, I think I know I, I think he knows what he's doing, but that's just me. Now you guys are in your twenties and thirties there in the studio A. Um, did you feel better after hearing Tom talk about this that it's not because they're going to go on television and go doom and gloom like there's no tomorrow when this happens? I can guarantee you that. Well, that's their job. But I mean, so how do you feel about it after Tom Wheelwright was talking? 
I don't know. I think the housing market could use a correction, that's for sure. Yeah, you're so right So when that about crashes, that. I'm not going to have any problem there. No. And the stock market really only matters if you have money in stocks, which I don't. Yep. Yeah, it's never. So, it's probably never going to be as bad as what they say, and everybody will go like, well, is it going to be as bad as 2008? And, I mean, we all have recovered, and nobody wasn't, like, necessarily. I mean, obviously there are people that 2008 might have been the mm -hmm. worst ever, but it's like we right. made it through that so we can make it through something else. Uh, see, you know, that's great to hear from young people, people in their 20s and 30s. Hey, we made it before, uh, through before, and we'll make it through again. That's good news because there are going to be a lot of people going, oh, this is the end. It's horrible. You're going to see that on the news all the time. So just laugh it off because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Right. And especially when we don't have, like, really any control over how no. it's going to go. You can just control how you're going right. to react to it. And I also think that we're lucky in a sense where... Tevin, you own your home, right? Nope. I you do don't. Okay, no. so you're renting. So that's a little riskier. Yeah, rent, I don't know if I'd be renting right now if I could. But, I mean, we all have generally stable jobs. We all generally, generally never know with this job. Mm -hmm. I never no. know what's going to happen. What, are your mom and dad going to fire you? Yeah, I don't know. You never know. Again. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. Let's I'm fire Alex. Unsure. Unsure. But I don't know. It's like there's – I don't have any money in stocks at all. I don't have any money invested in anything <laughs> because I don't right. trust anything. Well, I understand so that. So I'm kind of – if it crashes, it's, I'm not going to be shocked at all because everything costs 80 yep, bajillion dollars sure right now. I mean, I just bought a workout top spray – leave-in conditioner for fawn and four boxes of kleenex from target and it was 44 dollars <laughs> oh, mm. sounds, about, sounds about right i mean what? i think anytime you make a purchase under 50 dollars it's like free yeah, how'd you do that i mean i yeah it's <clears throat> astonishing really it's you don't have to do hardly anything to spend 50 bucks no no oh, no you're right about that. i i can't get out of a grocery <laughs> store without spending a hundred dollars Oh yeah. Every time I, I buy something, it's a hundred bucks. Yeah. I know, and it's and houses are selling for still a lot more money than they yes. should be worth. Mm -hmm. And everybody that I know that has been like, oh well, we're gonna, because I have a lot of friends that had kids, and they're like, okay, we're gonna have our starter home, and then we're gonna move into our forever home once our kids are X Y Z. And now they're staying in their small homes or they're still renting because they're like, we can't afford to buy a house right now. It's, it, you just get so little for your money. And what you do get a lot of the time still needs a ton of work. And it's like, why would yeah. I pay $500,000 for something mm -hmm. that needs tons of work right. when I could still just rent? And yes, you're not retaining any money in that sense, but at least you're not... Well. That's kind of the pro. I mean, the problem is, is there's not enough inventory. So there's, you know, it's still a seller's market. It, even though prices are correcting, they're going down a tiny little bit in very desirable places. Yeah. Like a friend of mine, um, her son was like, hey, you know what? I keep waiting and waiting and waiting to buy a house. I want to buy a house. I'm just sick to death of waiting for the market to, you know, go down enough where I can finally, because he's in his... I think he's just 
going to be turning 30 here in another year or two. He's got a big down payment. He's been saving. He wants. He just is like, I don't you know, want to wait another 10 years to buy a house. I want to buy a house. So they went and looked at $400,000 houses, which he could comfortably afford. And there was bullet holes in some of the windows. <laughs> oh, my gosh. In the back. Um, they're like, okay, so for another $100,000, he gets... About the same house, still tiny, um, not not super, you know, nice, but okay, in an in an in an area where there's no bullet holes in the houses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he had to spend another hundred thousand dollars just to st- be in a safe area. Well, what's his choice going to be? Obviously, he wants to live in a safe neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but, but it's still a half a million dollar house for a a starter home. Mm-hmm. In a decent neighborhood. That's where we're at. Yeah. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. I mean, I look at houses around me, and we don't live in, like, swanky mania area, but houses that I'm just like, this hasn't been updated since it was built in the (laughs) mid-'80s. Well... And they're going for $500,000. I know. I'm just like, what? Yeah, half a million dollars just is nothing. No. The real issue is that you can't live within half an hour of a city. If you're willing to move out there, then you can get very cheap, very nice houses. Yeah, but then the thing is, is you're spending so much more money on gas. You're probably going to have to buy more cars more frequently. You're spending a lot of your time driving. It's just not worth it to. You're either paying more money for your house or money or more money and time on cars and driving, which it's kind of like a it depends on who you are. Right, yeah. you know that is, that is true. I mean, if you if you add up all the costs of transportation, which are you know, especially when gas was five bucks a gallon, yeah, it was crazy. Well, it's not even close to like rent though. <laughs> oh yeah, well, rent's you, out of control. You, yes. Well, are you yeah. renting a house, Tab? Uh, no, I live downtown, renting an apartment, but definitely so looking you're... to get. It. I will. I was looking to. I was in the process of purchasing a house, and then when every offer that you put in has to be like. Twenty percent over. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so it, I know. And then yeah, so it just wasn't. I was like, well, this is dumb because it was. I don't want to overpay for a house that I really yeah. don't want to live in. And I think I was like four or five offers in, and then I was just like, I can't. We put yeah, we probably put offers on I think three, maybe four different houses before getting this one. And yeah, yeah. we eventually just had to go over asking by like That's... twenty thousand dollars. Yep. I feel so glad that we bought our house when we did. Yeah, this was you, the you, only house yeah. that we you got put in an just offer on. before everything got horrible. There was one other couple that was putting offers on the house, but we seemed nice, so uh, they gave it to us. Oh, well done. Here we go. Heyo. Here we go. But I mean, I think of what we paid for our house and what it's worth now, and I'm just like, mm, wow, for doing absolutely nothing. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of wild. <laughs> or you can do what my brother in law did, and he bought a house in 2007 oh. in Minneapolis. Not a good time he to buy a house. He paid an insane amount of money for this house. And then he waited until COVID house yep. peak, and then he made all his money back. Yeah. Well, that's like, good. That's a way to do it, I guess. <clears throat> well, it, it's, I mean, that's the thing about the housing market. I mean, when we were looking for townhouses, we wanted a town, we were, we're downsizing, we want something low maintenance, blah, blah, blah. 
You could, uh, there were no, there was nothing that didn't sell in 14 seconds. Yeah. Townhouses were the thing to have. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. You couldn't get in there. You couldn't even get into your appointment before it was sold. It was so insane. And now townhouses are sitting there. Yeah. It's (laughs) why? Because I don't, because the market is just weird. Sometimes you can look at it in like St. Louis Park can't find anything in St. Louis Park. Everything's selling in a minute. And six months later, everything's sitting there for three months. That's just kind of how it is. Yeah, so, yep. you know, I mean, if you're willing to wait and you're, but when you have a month to month lease on a place, that's easy. You can move when you, whenever right. you want. Yeah. But if you have a year or two year lease, then you mm-hmm. just can't, a lot of times you can't get out of it. So it's really hard to time the m- market to a micro area. But sometimes that's the best way to do it is just keep watching a particular area that, you know, three, two, three areas you want to be in because sometimes they'll just stop selling for a while. Yeah, that's so amazing. I want to, okay, to cheer you guys up, and Tevin, if you were in the studio when we did this, you have to pipe down, all right? Okay. Because I can't talk. remember if you were or not. Um, I, yeah, I cannot remember. I ran down a list of uh, five words that uh, people really don't know the meaning of, but they actually do mean something. And I want to ask uh, Andy and Alex. And it, it, yep, I was here. Tim? I was here for this. But I thought so you. I'll, were. I'll, yeah, that's. I'll, I'll be quiet. Don't talk. We have to withdraw. It's just Andy and Alex have to. And you can't look it up, Andy. I know how quick you are at you that don't stuff. Google it. No googling, Andy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I can. Okay, cool. There is a real word, and it is a real word, which um, basically you call putting on makeup. There's one word, instead of putting on makeup, there's one word for it. Do you know what that word is? Are these made-up Instagram words? I bet nope. they are. A- nope. Applying makeup? Nope. It's, it's like when specifically you, you put on to your makeup. Face, and it's face makeup, too. Not head makeup. Okay, you ready? Uh, yes. You don't want to guess? No, I have no idea. I would have no clue. When you put on your makeup, it is called, and you can look it up, Andy, now, farting. I, hmm. It's F-A-R-D, not T as in Tom, but D as in David, farting. And also, what do you think of that? Jerry, our best friend Jerry, texted me, and he said that he has heard that word and actually used it. In like a real life. Technically. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's from Jerry's use farting? Yeah. Farden. Farden. Uh, from oh, old French. It... Sure. Oh. Yeah. Is it spelled without a G where you're looking at it, Andy? <laughs> Why would it have a G? Farting. Because it's, farting. that's the way it was this morning was sent to me, farting. Oh, oh. as a verb. Like, I'm going to go farting. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to go, go farting. farting. That's great news, honey. She's going to go farting. I might. Well, yeah, never the <laughs> ing version is like a modernization of the old word. Oh, so it's just farting. <clears throat> farting. Oh. oh, so they try to make it funnier by putting yeah. farting instead of farting. There you go. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's true, but I, did you know I had never heard of that word before? Can't Too say fard. I have either. Too far. Mm-hmm. No question. Too no. far. I want to run these next. There are two stories here that I want to run because, uh, and Andy, this is going to be your problem in about another year or two. When you take your kids to Disney World every year, you have to know everything about Disney World. 
Are you looking forward to that, Andy? I'm not taking him to Disney World every year. Why not? He doesn't like Disney World. It's I've told yeah. you this so many times. He hates crowds, my dear. But I mean, mm-hmm. always has, Ethan's always will. Gonna, Ethan wants to go to Disney World. You don't every five come years, years you don't, and you, you don't know that him. Ethan will want to go to Disney That's World. True. Oh, are not. you kidding me? He I might. Mean, every kid Andy's going to influence him negatively. And the life that Andy and Melissa live, he might not be a kid that loves lots of people and sounds and crowds and well, stuff like that. True. They live a very quiet life. My kids are always running around to 700 things and mm. there's people everywhere. Well, he's like that right now. And their house is very also, loud. He's only one and a half, so. Yeah, I mean, he's a standard one and a half year old, but yeah, he might like he that. might be a kid that might not do well at Disney World, too. You have to think oh, of true. that. He's very enthusiastic, though. Like, the other day I was talking to uh, Andy and uh, you know, we're talking rem- remote. We both had our phones, uh, you know, so we didn't have to hold them up to our ears and all that stuff. Yeah, we were on speakerphone. We're on speakerphone, talking and I'm remotely. talking to Andy. <laughs> well, remotely, instead of talking right into the phone, it's remote. It's removed from your face. That would be remote. Okay, okay. that's how everybody says it. I'm sorry that I have a, I I'm a master of the language, and you're not. I, I'm sorry for that. Because if oh, you said I was wow. talking remotely to my son, no one would know what you were talking about. But you are a master of the language. That's exactly, that's exactly okay. right. Too advanced for them. Got it. There's no question. But I was talking to Andy the other day on uh, speakerphone, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden in the background I heard, Bop, Bop. Ethan heard my voice and he he called me Bop Bop and I, I was yeah. just you know what a thrill that is. He's starting to, to do kids. the thing where he's like almost says certain words. Mm. But oh not really? Quite. Yeah, like bubble is bubba. Yeah. Cracker is kk. Cracker just makes the k sound twice. Close enough. Almost enough. Almost there. You guys aren't even going to believe it. As your children get older, people are like, oh, when children get older, they become a pain in the ass. It's the exact opposite. As your children get older, and then they get to the age where they have children, you aren't going to believe how much you're you're going to love that. Uh, you're pretty annoying even... from the ages of probably, what, 13 to 20? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? Oh, boy. I'm going to tell you, you're going you're gonna to enjoy your life. You're going to love it. And you go right to, God, they're annoying when they're in their teens. <laughs> you got to go 12 years. <laughs> well, that's true. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's true. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. Who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Okay, the first Disney story I want to run by you. Uh, A fan completes a truly bonkers Disney challenge. Bonkers, it says here. It's bonkers. What did the man do that was bonk? And by the way, his name is Nathan Firesheets. Firesheets. I didn't know Firesheets was a name. Uh, did you? you rode on every ride in the Magic Kingdom in one day. Um, There's no way. I don't nope, think you could physically do true. that. Well, if you went nope. from early open to when they were open until 1 a.m. <clears throat> 1 a.m.? Yeah, they have late night. They have extended oh. hours where they're open until 1 o'clock. So you can get, oh, you can get there at 8.30 and not leave until 1 o'clock in the morning. Huh. I think you could you, do it. Maybe. You aren't even going to believe what he did. He You're close Mickey to what he did. <laughs> You're close to what he did, Alex, but okay. uh, there's a, there are a little addendums and additions to that story. Is this the guy who went to Disney World every day for a year or something like that? 
Well, not quite that. Not but quite you're getting close. Yeah, that was yeah, that was that was some other thing. Yeah, he yeah. was like thousands of days in a row, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, he did, right? Okay, what is it? What's happening? It's fair to call Nathan Firesheets a Disney super fan, especially after he ventured to all 12 Disney theme parks. From Paris to Tokyo to the United States. 12 Disney theme parks. I, I, know there were 12. I thought there were like four. I, no, I, was say, I thought it was just the two in the U.S. Mm, I was Hong aware Kong. of the R2, well, there's, uh, Euro Disney World, a.k.a. Paris, well, and three, then Tokyo. Just in Orlando. Well, I suppose yeah. technically, if you count, like, yeah. Hollywood Studios, Magic Kingdom, Epcot. Yeah. Universal. Okay, you ready? In 12 days, he visited 12 Disney theme parks spread across the globe from Paris to Tokyo in exactly 12 days. And not just to take a quick look at each, Yuck. to prove his dedication, Fire Sheets made it onto all 216 rides. <laughs> that's oh, amazing. That's, how is that even I wanna possible? Take- like- I want to nap for like two weeks after just days? hearing about the, the <laughs> 12, jet lag. Yeah, twelve straight to go hang out at Disney World or whatever park all day, and then get on a plane and fly directly to the next one, and then go on all the go on every single not. ride. What? Hmm. Isn't that amazing? No. People <laughs> she's made it into all 216 operating rides across 12 parks per UPI was impressive, but not all that unusual for Fire Sheets, who has a long list of completed Disney challenges, including riding every ride at Disneyland and Walt Disney World in 36 hours. This is They're what on I'm, the opposite sides of the country. This is what I'm going to do when my children are fully grown. Kids are off at college and you're just going to Disneyland. Just raging in all the Disney properties. Doing this must have cost him like $50,000. Oh, yeah. He had to have gotten every single express pass or whatever the hell they have these days. Yeah, and to get into Disney World is like 200 bucks. Yeah, so getting into all 12 of them. Yeah, that right there is $2,400. Listen to this. He set off on the Disney Global Ride Challenge, which he called the craziest Disney challenge ever conceived, at Disneyland Paris on March 8th. Then he literally went around the world hitting Walt Disney Studios, Shanghai Disneyland, Hong Kong Disneyland, Tokyo Disneyland, Tokyo Disney Sea. Disneyland, Disney California Adventure, and Florida's Epcot, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and finally the Magic Kingdom on Sunday per UPI. Yeah, you can knock four out right in Orlando. That's true. Boom, boom, boom. Right Easy there. peasy. Yeah, that's true. Hardly any left after that. That, that sounds a... awful. Why does it sound awful? He loves Jet it. Jet lag? It sounds exhausting. Traveling yeah. that much? Mm-hmm. He just loved not, it. not resting ever? Right. Like, if it, yeah, just because it's such a plan, yes. like, everything has to go. Yes. Yeah, perfect. if anything like, goes wrong, the whole thing is. Yeah, riding up. every. If there's a ride down. Which right. happens all the time. Frozen was down almost the whole time that we were at Epcot. Or if you have oh, a yeah. layover for your flight. Like Something your, doesn't yeah, make what if your it. Whatever. Yeah. No, what it sounds happens? too stressful. Nope. Not for me. Good Bully for him. And then when Enjoy. you get done with it, I mean, I guess we're talking about it now, but then it's just like nobody really cares. No one cares for awesome. sheets. Oh, you'd be surprised how many people are going to, you know. Oh, God, I'm there sure. There are people that are really into Disney, man. I'm sure he's gotten 50 million Instagram views yeah. from doing this. He probably has some oh, yeah. sort of, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's probably oh, no. an influencer. I have to leave. Oh. What do you mean ago. you got to leave? Where I are you going? I Sage to gymnastics. Can I tell you I gotta one more story before you go? I got to get to Disney World Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. Can I tell you one more story before you go? Quickly. One minute. Okay, you ready? Yes. They've made another Winnie the Pooh movie. 
Aww. Okay. Uh, they've, it's been pulled from the Hong Kong cinemas. Why did the Hong Kong cinemas pull the, win, the new Winnie the Pooh movie? Because he's not wearing it pants. Because it means oh. something bad in their language. Is it the Xi Jinping thing? Uh, what is Xi Jinping? He's the leader of China, isn't he? Or Jin? Oh, is it Jin no, yeah, China. It's this Jin is Hong Kong. Xi Jinping. Yeah. Well, apparently um, Xi Jinping is compared to Winnie the Pooh a lot. Oh, he is? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I didn't know that. Okay, what is it? Uh, in this case, it was pulled from the Hong Kong cinemas. Winnie, the new Winnie the Pooh movie pulled from Hong Kong cinemas because it's a slasher film. What? <laughs> what? what? Oh, he does not. destroy those honeypots. I just crushes them. <laughs> just <laughs> crushes them. Going off. Why, why do you have to make a slasher movie out of Winnie the Pooh? I don't why? think it's a slasher yeah. film. I, no. it, it is. It is. I, what? It's a slasher movie. Winnie the, Plo- Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> okay, but it's not—it's clearly not a Disney. No, but Winnie the Pooh is public domain now. Oh, it is. Okay. He went—he oh. went public domain about a year ago. <sighs> that makes so now sense. anyone can make any sort of Winnie the Pooh thing. Oh, well, that's horrendous. Sad. I want to make of course, a Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Yeah. Some no. asshole immediately decided. <laughs> I say no. <laughs> I want to make a black Winnie the Pooh movie. <laughs> oh, I like it because he's brown now. Yeah. 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 What kind of bear is so? Is Winnie the Pooh a brown bear? He's, uh, I guess he must be. Well, he was, or like the golden bear, like a California bear. So I looked, I looked up once what Winnie the Pooh. Because I'm like, what is that name? It's uh, Winnipeg, right? It's there was a a bear in Winnipeg, brown bear in Winnipeg. Yep, named Winnie. Named Winnie. Mm -hmm. I don't know where Pooh came from. The Pooh thing, I think, is just a kid made it up. Yeah, but I don't. I looked very deeply into this one day because I was like, what is this? It just was one of those things that I accepted my whole life. And then I thought, this makes no sense. What's a poo? No. Because he's Winnie the Pooh. But they call him Pooh, not Winnie. Right. It doesn't make any sense. I uh, used to watch this YouTube channel. A bunch of Canadians ran it. And so in Canada, in like the 80s and 90s, they had these things called Canadian heritage moments on their TV shows. Sure. It would be like things... Canada's famous for it's like when basketball was invented mm-hmm. that happened in Canada mm-hmm. the guy with the baskets and he yeah. took the bottoms out of the baskets yeah mm-hmm. and one of them is Winnie the Pooh because of Winnipeg and the, the heritage moment just goes like you know Christopher Robin's looking at this bear and he names his stuffed bear Winnie the Pooh and his dad's like why and the kid just says because Winnie the Pooh Ah, uh, yes. So yes, it's just indeed. because kids okay. make shit up. Yeah, they yeah. sure do. <laughs> just make things up all yeah. the time. My kids, well, that's true. my kids are in makeup joke territory oh, right now. Absolute nonsense. Oh, again? That they pretend no is sense. funny, even yeah. though it's not. Because Fawn made up a game where each of us has to sit on a footstool, and you, each person has to come up and try to make us laugh. And if they laugh, you get a point. If you grumble, you get a negative point. Okay, then. And it's like you laugh, you lose on it, 4chan. Yeah, something. I don't know. And so, yeah, the jokes that they make up, especially Sage, of course, it's just like, what are you? That doesn't make any sense. And he can I, then. Can I make a and then he, guess that most of, the, most of the punchlines involve poop? Yeah, and farting and whatever. <laughs> and then Which kind you of farting, say, though? and then you say, you yes. Go. It's probably the mm-hmm. makeup one now that I think of it. <laughs> And then you say, that doesn't even make any sense. What do you... And, and then he describes it to you 
very effectively. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. of course it does mm-hmm. because X, Y, Z, and then you're just like, sure. I remember doing that when I was a kid. When I was like see, six years I old, relate. just completely making things up. <laughs> yeah, I uh, See, I relate completely because I have stuff in my head all the time that makes me giggle. And if I said it out loud, everybody would be like, that doesn't make any that sense. True. Something's wrong with you. Okay, well, I have to go. I'll say things that Melissa's Bye. like, what in the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Well, yeah, you <laughs> kind of, we have to, I feel like between myself, Andy, and mom, we can like translate for one another yes. of what mm-hmm. you're, we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. 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 Words, get are just like, Words get left Words get corrupted in my head. You don't have the same thought process. No, you don't. You don't have ADHD is the thing. <laughs> you don't have that no. thing. Yeah. What, what'll happen for me is I'm thinking of something and instead of thinking the correct word i'll think of like a synonym or like a related word yeah mm-hmm. me too yeah and then i'll say it and <laughs> no one knows what the hell i'm talking about so i have to like think of what i actually meant to say yeah, yeah. and then usually some other thoughts come in and you forget the whole thing in the <laughs> in the first place right. i don't know what i was trying you're to say yeah, you're like what how did i you... get to this point how did this yeah, thought come into my mind mm-hmm. i don't know yeah I'll i do just, that I'll just all stay the time <laughs> melissa's gotten pretty good at it figuring out what i'm actually talking about yeah we were playing some sort of game and i was like i I could get what andy was what was that see there it is again it's a game where you have to guess like um the person will give descriptions on a card it's like trivial pursuit or something like that and i could get andy's all the time because i just know how your brain works I remember you, we were playing a game, I think it might have been at Terry and Lori's cabin. I remember because it's such an absurd thing to happen, but it did. We were playing a game, I think it might have been the same game you're talking about, actually. Um, You'd get, like, a historical figure on a card, and then you had to, like, get the your teammate to guess the historical figure without actually saying their name or anything like that. Yeah. And Alex gets the card, and she says... I rule, and you said Queen Victoria, and it was right. <laughs> if you have the same thought processes, then yeah, that's how it works. All you have to yep. say is I rule, and it's like, yep, Queen Victoria, obviously. Yep, I, I know it's it is strange. I know but people that are good friends of mine learn to speak Catherine, as mm-hmm. they say all the time. I speak Catherine. Just how it works. Yep. It all works out. So Alex went home, I'm assuming. Alex yep. just left. She had to get pickup sage. Yep. I had to pick up sagey. Um, I do not see anything about a Fed rate decision yet. You guys have any feelings about the Fed rate today? What's a Fed I rate? I think they'll raise it. You think they will? Mm-hmm. <sighs> gonna slog. We've got to slog through, man. They have been promising since Biden got in office that they were going to raise rates. Yeah, that's true. Well, They're not going to stop. The stock market's down, but just a little bit. The stock market's down point, 0.36%. So. Uh, a tiny rally yesterday. I think when I get home, I'm going to make a sandwich and increase my Fed rate. <laughs> right. Are you going to? <laughs> the Fed rate as in Fed. Mm-hmm. Get it? There you go. Yep. All right. What else you got? We got about 10 minutes left. What do you want to talk about for the final 10 minutes? Is there something... Some pressing issue. Uh, well, you didn't pressing? talk about the rest of the mysterious words, but Alex is gone now, so it's kind of... Well, I guess Mom can participate. Or is it just the one that you wanted to bring up? Oh, you wanted to do... Oh, you looked up the mysterious words? No, but, you mentioned that there were like eight, and then you mentioned one, and then... I would say, otherwise, were there um, more food... 
<clears throat> excuse me, were there more foods um, that should or should not be refrigerated from this morning, or was the uh, peanut butter the last? Peanut butter was the last one. one. People refrigerate peanut butter. Yeah, apparently, and I was surprised that hot sauce wasn't on that list because that's like the one that oh, I feel like yeah. most people argue about is whether you put hot sauce in the fridge or not. I refrigerate it just because why not? I think I when know. you live in when you have when you're in a hot climate, you should put refrigerate everything. Okay, you ready? Well, yeah, I suppose peanut butter will turn into like an oily, gross <laughs> yeah. mess in Florida. That go, yeah, yeah, can go that is true. Too. Yeah, yeah, anything with oil. Oh, we could do the. I did this this morning and found out that Rudy can't spell worth a damn. Yeah, Melissa mentioned that. <laughs> oh, yeah, Brittany won your spelling bee. She won the spelling bee. Does he know Michael Bryant? <laughs> And yeah, Michael Bryan can't spell either. He's That's not a great speller. Uh, it's pretty hilarious. Okay, you want to you want to know the things that should be or should not be uh, refrigerated? You want to go down that list? Let's do it. Okay, you ready, Andy? Okay. Catherine, I'm so Don't ready. Don't be looking at the. I'm not you looking. Cheater. A poll asked people how they store various things, and here are the results: mayonnaise, ninety-eight percent say it belongs in the fridge, two percent say it pantry. What Gross pantry. Com- opened. Yeah, if it's I guess opened, opened, there's no way. It's eggs. Opened, it has to go in the fridge. Yeah, you'd get food poisoning. Yeah. Tevin, what did you go with? Um, oh, I said uh, fridge, for sure. Of course. Yes. Yeah, so all three fridge, good. Okay, how about eggs? 90% say they belong in the fridge, 10% say the pantry's fine. American uh, eggs refrigerated, British eggs not refrigerated. I That's know, correct. I don't yep. know why that is. And my, my grandparents had chickens, and they never refrigerated their eggs, and nobody ever got sick. You only have to refrigerate so... an egg if you wash it first. Yeah, that's right, to wash the stuff uh, off. Oh, Some countries wash, don't wash, wash them American eggs. Yep, that's after right. they come out of the chicken. So they got oh. that um, coating on them, which is very gross if you think about it. But chicken well, juice. Yeah. It's protective. Here's the deal. Uh, since American chickens are not vaccinated, the eggs need to be scrubbed clean in a machine, and they lose that natural coating. That that's doesn't the problem. sound right. That's what it says. I'm just reading what it says. Why would because not vaccinated? Not vaccinated? The, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Right. You think that they would have everything a, in America. And the, you would think that whether they're vaccinated or not doesn't change the fact that the outside of the yeah, egg. it's the outside of an egg. It's a shell. Why right. would that matter? They wash them. I don't know. I don't know. I think they wash them because the idea of having. Chicken cloaca juice on there is not terribly <laughs> appealing. Cloaca, that's what they have. Okay, how about this? Pickles, 89% say they belong in the fridge, 11% pantry. I refrigerate them, but I don't think technically you have to. Anyone else? Yeah, I, I feel fridge. the same way. I, f- I feel like we're just trained in America that anything that's opened goes in the fridge. Well, Otherwise, they go in the pantry till you open them. It's not going to hurt anything. Why not? It's got, well, it's mostly in brine water. That should be fine it should be fine on the in the pantry but you right. would you eat you eat room temperature pickles or i feel like you, yeah, why not they taste better but they are cold. better cold yes yeah. they are absolutely better cold they're crispier they are indeed mm-hmm. how about mustard and ketchup 87 percent uh, say fridge 13 percent say pantry i know you don't have to because restaurants don't yep they don't i do anyway right. again yeah, just because i put everything in the fridge not? yep you are correct. How about maple syrup? 41% say fridge, 59% say pantry. Oh, pantry really? for sure. I do. We do fridge because ours says to. But really? a lot of people aren't eating maple syrup. They're eating flavored corn syrup. Yes. They don't oh, know. Oh, that's right. Wow. You're right. Actual they maple are. syrup is very different and has, like, bacteria and stuff in it because it's from a tree. Yeah. Actual maple syrup tastes nothing like no. Mrs. Butterworth. Not Absolutely. at all. Jack, nothing yeah. like that. That stuff, yeah, the Mrs. Butterworth, that kind of thing, that doesn't have to be refrigerated. It's just corn syrup and flavoring. But real maple syrup, 
generally does, unless it's been pasteurized. <laughs> Jude snoring. He's oh. Jude snoring. And it's like... We can't hear it. Oh, well, you can't I'm hear surprised. it? Nope. Okay, just four more to go. Oh, you I definitely can't heard hear that. that. I definitely yeah. heard that. I was going to say, you can't hear that. Jude. <laughs> Jude. Jude sleepy. Uh, chocolate, 24% safe fridge, 76% pantry. I have never pantry. refrigerated chocolate pantry. No, I don't. Never have. I, I agree. I pantry. mean, unless it's like Hershey's chocolate syrup, then probably. But <laughs> Jude is just going crazy. He is just sawing logs <laughs> over there. He sure is. My God. Wait a minute. See, I I looked at him, so he kind of like he felt he felt my eyeballs. He felt (laughs) your eyeballs for looking at him. Okay, three more to go. Onions, twenty-four percent say fridge, seventy-six percent pantry. Only if I cut them. Yeah, if they're cut, you put them in the fridge. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. Okay, how about bread? Why would you see down here? I put it in the fridge. Yeah. Up north, I don't. Yeah, I suppose a really humid climate like that. Or well, it's if like, it's a couple of days old and it's not, and the bread isn't mm-hmm. being eaten, then I, I might throw it in the fridge. Refrigerating bread makes it go stale faster. I know that much. Yeah. Oh, does it really? Yeah, yep. it kind of makes it feel. I didn't know that. Yeah. Something about, yeah, the uh, starch getting harder. I don't know how it I works. I think there's condensation in the plastic wrapper. It just doesn't. Well, I remember do every time we went down to Florida for a long time, we'd have to change all the batteries and everything. Yeah. Because the ocean air causes them to corrode and start leaking everywhere. Yes, right. Yeah. So it's like, Salt yeah, things, things go bad a lot faster down there. Yeah, they do. It is true. And the final one, 13% say it belongs in the fridge. 87% say the pantry's fine. Peanut butter. Yeah, I would do pantry. Yeah. My general rule of thumb is wherever I bought it from in the grocery store, that's where I would store it in my house. Unless oh. it says, like, refrigerate. Unless it says opening. refrigerate yeah. after opening, yeah. Which a lot of things yeah, do. Might, yeah, that might work. I, I, I think that's a good call. Well, it's like mayonnaise. They sell on the shelf, right? Right. But, but it says, then I think it says yeah, refrigerator. Yeah, but once it's open, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not snoring anymore. He, no. He felt judged, so he stopped. No, he, no, he, <laughs> he, 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 he He's actually snoring. It's just a little quieter. Oh. It's coming. Oh, he is still snoring? Yep. Just Can't a little snore. Damn it. Can't hear Can't it hear anymore. It. It's not fun. A 39-year-old man in Florida was arrested after slapping his wife in the face with a slice of pizza. When the police showed up, the wife still had (laughs) remnants of pizza in her hair and ears. Well, geez, clean yourself off. Andy, can you imagine me slapping your mother with a piece of pizza? I mean, don't these women just wait till these guys are unaware and just kick them in the nuts 45 times and say, don't you ever touch me again? I mean, that's just how it's going to be, right? Isn't that the appropriate response? I would have to agree with you, absolutely. Arrest them and then kick them in the nuts. I have a lot of questions about what type of pizza it was like is this deep dish oh, pizza this oh like well square that's the question triangle yeah, like, stuffed crust would have added like an extra mass to the yeah. end so did, it would have oh. hurt more was he eating the pizza and or was like did he have to go find the pizza in the fridge with the intent to slap her or was it like an impulse thing while he was eating like i've, I've some questions it says uh, ortelio admitted to slapping his wife with a slice of pizza during an argument about disciplining their son um, oh, my God, they tried to be funny here. I hate it when The Wire tries to be funny. Mm. You want me to read the funny line they put in there? Yes. 
Ortelio admitted to slapping his wife with a slice of pizza during an argument about disciplining their son. Maybe he wanted to spank the son with a breadstick. Oh, my God. How do they even think for a minute that that's funny? I know. It's very sad. Very sad. Don't. Matter of fact, it's a signal the show's over. <laughs> Put it that way. You killed the show. Uh, and he yeah, killed the show. Bad humor killed mm-hmm. us all. Uh, don't forget, that, by the way, that uh, Doug Sprinthal will be in to do the show tomorrow, and I believe it's for the final time that he's going to come in and do the show tomorrow. Oh, uh, that's right. There's yep. going to be a big... Uh, big tell-all. Yeah. Ooh, big spill tell-all. the tea I'm tomorrow. Be, be listening, mm-hmm. and I want to get this. I want to get the gossip. Spill no, the tea. Gossip. All right, we will talk to you tomorrow with the family. 